on this week's FPL Happy Hour. Mate, just, just to give you some breaking news, Edward Wood has resigned from Manchester United. Has he really? Yeah. Has he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello and welcome to the 16th episode of our podcast, FPL Happy Hour, with me, Sham, otherwise known as FPL2Guys1Cup on Twitter. And myself, Rob, otherwise known as FPL Panda. Rob, it's all been kicking off. <laughs> shit Gone is mad hit. over the last 48 hours and shit has hit the fan, as you were shit, about to say. Yeah, shit has hit the fan well and truly. Um, I think, yeah, we'll, we're obviously, it's something that we've got to talk about, um, but we're going to try and keep the start of uh, this podcast to FPL, I think, just to maybe have something cheerful to say or talk about. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how your week's going so far, but yeah, mine's a bit indifferent. Up, yeah, up and down, up and down. Yeah. Uh, so t- tonight, um, slightly different pod um, for two reasons. Firstly, because it's kind of halfway through um a game week so we're recording at 7:15 on monday night so before the chelsea and brighton game um and because of this european super league news that's come out so we thought what we'd do is we'd talk a little bit about fpl how our week's gone um lacazette got injured on the weekend and i know a lot of people wild cards did get lacazette in so we're going to look at a couple of options for him and then we thought we'd leave the rest of the fpl talk to our live stream on thursday so we'll stream about half 10 on thursday night um, and we'll go in a lot more depth about FPL. Um, and then the rest of the pod, we'll talk about the European Super League, the pros, the cons, the facts, um, and then our own thoughts on it as a uh, as a United fan that Rob is and as a West Ham fan that I am. Uh, so, yeah, that is the agenda for today's pod. So, Rob, shall we kick off with how you did last week? Or oh, week so far. Week so far, sorry, yeah. Um, so obviously Leno, um, yeah, didn't play. Matt Ryan has been performing like a beast in training, uh, to quote Mikel Arteta. So out of the blue, he starts in front of Leno, which I don't know if that's likely to be permanent or whether it's just giving you, uh, but Leno a rest, but it's, it's, it's a little flag um, to keep an eye on, I think, um, because I definitely was hoping that um, Leno would be starting uh, every game for Arsenal, especially with his run of fixtures. So, yeah, something to keep an eye on. Um, Luke Shaw, two points. Um, I was probably I was expecting a clean sheet, um, but yeah. We- Kind of have to just forget about it, move on. Remain says clean sheet, a um, couple of bonus points as well. So happy with that with his eight points. Um, Rudiger uh, starts this evening um, for Chelsea against Brighton. Um, or should we say West West London Blue um, against Brighton. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so hopefully he can come out uh, with something. Um, then, yeah, Jota, D- 
disappointing last night. He seemed to be shooting like almost every time he got the ball, he was creating something. Like he was making something happen. And he, he did assist the assist for um, Mane's goal. Like he played the ball out to Trent. Um, yeah, so he's very lively. Um, I don't think it's like anything to be concerned about. Um, at his price, you're not expecting a return every week from him. Um, but yeah, I've, I think last night potentially he could have hauled, but he just didn't. Um, he, seemed, he seemed to be taking a lot of shots and hitting Rose Ed with most of them. Um, Bruno, uh, just the two-pointer. Um, this is something that I am keeping an eye on now. Um, we spoke a bit about uh, Paul Pogba last week, and he does seem to be um, the main focal point of the team now at United. And, um, Which isn't good for Bruno. It's not good for Bruno. I think returns will come. They're still there, um, but they're not as reliant on him um, as they were whilst Pogba was injured. Because um, I, I think Paul Pogba's just been great. And um, yeah, we'll probably talk a bit um, later on about like possible um, moves for this week. And yeah, Pogba could be something to someone to bring in this week um, ahead of their, the United v Leeds fixture. Um, Mo Salah um, benched one point. Um, you can't do anything about it. Um, he's owned by like pretty much half of the rest of the players of the get uh, in FPL. So yeah, you just you shrug your shoulders and you carry on. Um, Son two points, disappointing. Um, but um, so like the whole new uh, whole Spurs performance was disappointing against Everton. Um, it was two Everton mistakes that Harry Kane was clinical with um, to get his returns. So, but I think. If Kane is out, um, and with the, <laughs> the developments at Spurs, um, with uh, Ryan Mason today being announced as the head coach till the end of the season, um, it'll be interesting to see how he takes that team forward. And I can see him, um, yeah, playing Sun um, up top. Uh, Deli Alley behind it. I think, I think Sun could haul um, against Southampton um, on Wednesday evening um, because the shackles are kind of going to be off them, aren't they? And we saw what happened um, at United a couple of years ago when Mourinho got sacked. Next game in, Solskjaer came in, took the shackles off, and they smashed Cardiff five nil. Um, and I'm not saying that Spurs are going to beat Southampton five nil. But they could potentially score some goals. Like I still think Southampton might end up scoring, but Spurs could win three, two, four, one, something like that. Just it'd be a really open, exciting game. I'm looking forward to watching that game. It'll be a good game. Um, Lingard seven points, standard for him. <laughs> um, now, uh, yeah, happy with that. Um, what's the news on his injury at the moment? Uh, apparently, it's just it, well, not nothing official yet, but it looked like it was just um, a strain. Cool. Just a strain. Well, and, uh, cramp. Sorry. Yeah. So if 
that's the case, then we'd expect him back for the weekend or yeah. maybe benched yeah. at the weekend. And I mean, it's uh, a big, it's huge, the weekend. huge game, isn't it, for you against yeah. Chelsea? Yeah. Um, yeah. In the battle for those Champions League places. And that don't exist. That might not exist. God knows. Um, then, yeah, Harry Kane. Yeah, happy with that return from him. Um, although, <laughs> bizarrely, um, at my rank at 103k or whatever it was, um, I dropped 15,000 spaces. Which is just so ridiculous, like, in because itself. He... Like, you want your captain not to score. Like, that is fucking stupid. Hmm. I'm not going to lie, that is ridiculous. Um, I know that... I mean, if, if this... Um, Super League news wasn't out, we'd probably end up talking about um, effective ownership, wouldn't we? Um, yeah. And the, the it's kind of, <laughs> everyone's completely forgotten about um, the the problems that they had with this, um, yeah, Kane took like effective ownership of 210%, um, which basically meant if you didn't triple captain him, you're not, you're not making anything unless you were over like 300k. Um, but then at some point, um, like if he played against Southampton as well, you'd hit a, you'd hit the wall with him, and then once you've hit that wall, you'll just bounce off it, and then you're suddenly losing rank on him until yeah. you then start getting the positive <laughs> returns. It's, it's crazy, um, but yeah, it's. Um, I mean, maybe something to discuss over summer. Like, do we think, um, do we think the the chips that are there in place are they the right chips for the game? Um, because obviously, if the, if the triple captain chip wasn't there, um, it would have been okay. Yeah, like you're not losing rank. You're not losing rank. Your gains in rank would be minuscule. Minimal. Yeah. Um, but. You'd still have There'd that. Still green. Be yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, who knows? We maybe we can talk about that when we somehow have some time over the summer. Um, if the Euro, if the Euros get cancelled, then we'll have like lots we'll have, of time. We'll have all the time um, to talk about possible new chips. Um, and then finally, Ian Atcho um, hasn't played it, so. Hopefully he comes and gets some returns. How are you doing at the moment? So I'm sitting currently on 47 points. Um, was supposed to have Mendy starting today, um, but he's not and Kepper is. Um, however, I do have Alonso starting, which is good news. Um, so it's Alonso versus Rudiger. Um, I benched Rudiger, dis disappointed because obviously I wanted to go for the ch double Chelsea defence. But, you know, out of the three Chelsea players, only one is starting, which is disappointing. Because um, obviously I've got Forster now coming in for Mendy. Um, Rudiger's not going to make it on unless Vardy or Iheanacho don't play, which is unlikely. Um, I started holding instead. Um, one thing that I just think I got completely right in the end was the Phillips versus TAA. Hmm. You know, um, you know, we discussed it a few times on on like during that week of the wild card, you know, 
a lot of people in the community said, you know, TA, is he worth the extra three million versus Phillips? You know, Phillips being four million and TA being like seven and a half or 7.2, I think he was, something like that. And over the last couple of game weeks, whilst Liverpool haven't been keeping clean sheets, you know, TAA has been going in, you know, getting the return. So game week 31, when we did the wild card, he got 11 points. Game week 32, he got eight points. The week before, he got 12. The week before that, he got nine. I know we did the wild card in 31, so it didn't benefit from uh, 28 and 30. But he's got 11 and eight, whereas Phillips has got, I don't know, what, one and two or two and two. Hmm. Um, so that, you know, I got six points over Phillips this week. I got last week nine points over him or 10 points over him. So I think that decision was the right decision for, for me. Um, I don't, and, and couple that with the fact that I don't have Bruno because essentially the, de- the main difference between my team and your team is I've got Vardy and you've got Bruno. That's the main difference. Vardy uh, hasn't, hasn't performed and neither is Bruno so at the moment I would say level playing field on that Um, but yeah I think that was a really good decision that I made was to put TA in Um, and then obviously I've got Alonso starting Uh, Salah came on for 20 minutes which is disappointing Uh, Jota is what played but obviously only got me a few points Lingard and Son hopefully Son delivers and then Kane, Vardy, Inacho um, up top and then obviously we've got Ian Nacho and Vardy to come. Really good first sub. So we shall see what happens. Um, I think a couple of, th- I've got two free transfers. So something that we will go into detail with um, on the stream on th- on Thursday is what's happening with Rafinha's injury. What's kind of the latest? Have you heard anything? Um, not yet. I, th- I think it's just where the news has just been you kind of forgotten about everything else. Yeah. Um, and it's like last night, watching the Liverpool v Leeds game, you're kind of watching it, but you weren't in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, it it was a weird one. And I'd completely forgotten Rafinha wasn't playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I was kind of just like, just zoned out from it. Um, but I think I think if he's sort of eighty to ninety percent fit, he comes back in. Um, like we saw it with Bamford, didn't we? Like he Let's was. See what happens, though, right? He was. He was like he was eighty to ninety percent fit. Bielsa brought him in, said, "Look, do a job, and then I'll bring you off after 70. Like, mm-hmm. and that's the. I I think that's what you'd he'd do with Rafinha because he's just as important like he's the most creative player by a long long way um, yeah and i think last night if they had rafinha there they would have beat liverpool um i think so like, i think I, th- I think they would have just having that final ball like the, the the accuracy and the quality just having that um yeah they would have they would have beaten liverpool and they would have beaten them comfortably as well because yeah, their XG was like 2.5 um, I've... versus versus um, Liverpool's 1.5, I believe. Well, it depends where you look. So I look at 
uh, I get the I XG Sky. from uh, StatsBomb. Uh, so they right, obviously yeah. they process the XG. Um, it normally takes them like 10 to 15 hours. That's a hours. big difference. So Sky was 2.5 to Leeds and 1.5 to Liverpool. So yes, yeah, Sky's will be worked out live. Okay. Um, whilst this is... So this is from FB Ref, which they get theirs, their XG from StatsBomb, um, who they do it live and then they rerun it and they rerun it to get accuracy. Um, so yeah, you tend to, you'll notice that um, on some sites that the XG, we at one point, um, like straight after the game or for the few hours after the game, and then like by a few hours, like, by the next day it might have been adjusted or changed um depending on the model and the um the formulas that they use to calculate it um but yeah i like stats bomb because the the different uh variables they use they use a lot more different variables than um some of the other sites to gain the xg um so there's an argument to say it's more accurate um who knows? Um, you'd think if it's more accurate, then it would be closer to the, the actual score. Indeed. Um, right. But yeah. Okay. All right. So that is our game week so far. Um, obviously, we sp said earlier, Lacazette got injured uh, for Arsenal on the weekend. And we thought we'd talk a little bit about um, some options. So... What, what do you think in terms of options for Lacazette replacement, Rob? Um, at the moment, um, I think if you've got a bit of extra money, then Vardy is the obvious. Um, if you've got two free transfers, then it would make, make sense, like even if you're missing a little bit of money, to get Vardy in. He's got the um, home fixture to Palace. Um, then he's got Southampton, then he's got Newcastle. It's it's three great fixtures for Leicester there. Um, so I think he's the standout um, option as a like a straight swap. Um, I mean, what do you think, like, as a straight swap? Like, is there any other standout options, you think? Right Cavani. Now? Cavani, yep. Um, yeah, the, I think Cavani is a great option. The fixture against Leeds... Um, for United, I think is a great fixture to target. We saw um, at the start of the season. Um, well, it wasn't even at the start of the season. When was it? End of November, um, beginning of December. The um, they played each other, and the game could have been seven or it was that open. Um, it was just United were clinical, and if Cavani can get, if United can break leads quickly, and you get the likes of Rashford, Pogba taking it past people because that's that's the important thing about Leeds. You need players that can beat their man because if they beat their man, then Leeds' like man marking just goes out the window. Yeah. Um, and we noticed it last night. Liverpool's goal came from, um, who was it? Someone, it was whoever had the ball sort of on the left side of the pitch. Um was it? Oh, it was Jota. He beats his man. He turns, and because he's done that, every all of the defenders have had to like move across one, um, and it's left 
Alexander Arnold with like the um the keys of Ellen Road all to himself. Um and yeah, we saw it time and time again when United played Leeds earlier this season. Um because they've got those players that can just beat the man. Um so yeah, I think high scoring again, but Leeds will put the pressure on United. So I don't think like I'll probably bench well I might bench Luke Shaw this week because he could easily get a couple of assists to make up for the fact that it'll be no clean sheet. Um, I think that's probably one of my benching headaches this week is uh, Luke Shaw. Um, so yeah, Cavani, um, definitely an option. There aren't any others, mainly for me. You've got Cavani and Vardy. Slim pickings elsewhere, isn't it, really? I mean, um, I'm not sure where else you would go. Like in that price range, who else is there? Like, um, again, you've got Vidra, but he was benched at the weekend. Um, uh, Ings, but he's blanked. <laughs> and yeah. would you go? Would you go for a Southampton asset? Um, I've seen a few people toy with the idea of um, Aubameyang. Gambit. Like taking, so if you've got two free transfers, like Lacazette out to an Ian Atro or Chris Wood has been banded about um, because it looks like he's the one that's guaranteed his spot. Um, I prefer Greenwood. um, Or, yeah, Greenwood. Um, But Aubameyang's going to be starting in that number nine role, um, which he hasn't done. Well, it depends if he's got back from it. He's okay with his malaria, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you'd obviously, you wouldn't make that move now. You'd sit and wait on it um, until Friday evening uh, deadline time. But yeah, I, I'd I'd lean more towards Cavani or Vardy, depending on how much money you got in the bank. So I think Cavani's a bit less than Lacazette. Well, hopefully come... Uh, Thursday, things will be a lot more clearer. So for our live stream, we'll be able to kind of talk more about that um, in detail and we'll know. Right. Go on then, let's do it. Let's go on this European Super League rant. Um, Robert, it's affected you a lot more than it's affected me. So I'll let you go first. I guess, what, what's your what's your thoughts? What, what do you want to say about it? I think... At first, like on Sunday, so Sunday afternoon, I'm sitting there um, watching the United Burnley game in in my parents' garden, and, and um, then the news breaks at half time of the United Burnley game. Yeah. Um, that there's going to be a big announcement um, on Sunday evening. Now, when when people do stuff like that, you know that like, on a Sunday, um, you know it's big news. Yeah. Um, and the clubs are doing it out of, A, Monday, um, they knew that UEFA were going to be announcing the um, the new structure of the, um, the Champions League. Unpopular opinion, but I... I quite like the idea um, and think they should give it a go. And if it doesn't work out, we go back to group stages like how they had 
the um, two group stages for when was it for two or three years? You had like a phase one and a phase two, um, and then they scrapped it because they didn't like it. And it's like, yeah, at least they tried um, to like not have that like monogamy of things being the same. Um, so yeah, I quite like the idea of the um, the Swiss model and think yeah, give it give it a shout. But so the the Super League people, they've um, they've waited. They've been obviously sitting on this for a while, um, and they've waited till the day before UEFA are going to make this announcement to um, to break this themselves. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, the first flag was the fact it was at half time of the United Burnley game. So then. Uh, Sunday evening, the news comes out, and of of the plans, um, like in, there was this this statement, um, and I've, I think I'm sitting down reading the statement, and then first name you see, you see fucking Florentino Perez, like mm-hmm. that dickhead from Madrid, and like the guy is. Like he's 74, 75 years old. Um, he's a businessman. Um, and like, if you look at the financial state of Madrid at the moment, like you can understand why he's backing it and becoming like this figurehead of it. Um, because his club are in trouble. Like they, they could potentially be non-existent um, if they're not careful. Um, like and you can argue that yeah, they've got. They've got their government backing and stuff um, as well. So you see his name on it. And then uh, you see uh, the Italian guy on it. But then, so like Perez, yeah, I think, oh, he's a dick. Next guy, I've never heard of you. Just go back to your whole, um, (laughs) your, your whole league's in trouble. Um, with the amount of money they spend, but then you see the name Joel Glazer, um, and then you're like, "Shit!" Yeah. Um, now, as Gary Neville said on Monday Night Football, like this guy, he does not. The only time he touches Man United really is if it's something really big and important, and like you never, like you don't see the guy at games anymore. Um, like nothing, um, and he he's put his name on this, and this guy means business, like proper proper business. Like he and like as Gary Neville said, he does not put his name on anything unless he's completely confident about it, and he'll have like the best legal teams in the world um, working on his side. To make sure it all goes through um, without a hitch, um, which I say with the uh, the commas because obviously they might not have envisaged the the backlash that it's getting um, from the fans. Um, but yeah, that came out, and at that point, my first thoughts were I felt betrayed. Um, the the club that um 
I love, um, that my grandfather loved, um, it, it's turned its back on the fans. Now, I think it, it took a bit of time and a bit of working out. And then at some point yesterday evening, I realised I don't feel betrayed at the club. It's not the club that's betrayed me. It's the owners. Yeah. I think I think that's the key thing. I think what I have to keep telling myself is the owners don't own that history. They don't own that history of the club. They like they don't own 58 in Munich. They don't own um, the Busby Babes. They don't own the 68 uh, European Triumph. They don't own the like 28 years or whatever, however long it was that we didn't win a top division title. Um, they don't own that. Uh, like the Fergie success, um, that's the club and the players that played for the club and the, the people that worked at the club. Um, like the Glazers there. And I mean, you can match this with um, the Fenway Sports Group with uh, Joe Lewis and Daniel Levy um, <clears throat> with uh, Sheikh Mansour and Abramovich. Like they don't own the history of their clubs. That history belongs to the fans. Yep. And I think it took some time to, yeah, not f to turn that betrayal into an anger focused s solely on the Glazers. Um, because like, I, I know that if the fans work together and like work hard, and, uh, and we saw it with um, Gillett and Hicks. Um, when was it? 2007 with Liverpool, 2008. The Liverpool fans ran them out of the city. Like, they they got them out of their club. Um, and they, and they, I mean, they joked last night with Carragher on Monday Night Football, like, yeah, but then you ended up with, the, with Fenway Sports and look where you are now. Now, um, yeah. But, I mean, these people, they don't care about football. They, they just care about their bank balances. And when you see the amount of money that um, is being banded about, and there's even like, reports of there being wage caps um, on the team, so they can only spend X amount of money on wages, makes the owners even more money. Because if it did take off, then the players aren't being rewarded for like yeah. the amount of money they're bringing into the club. It's going into the owners' pockets. Yeah, yeah, because because the players that like Paul Pogba sells fifty million shirts or hundred million shirts, he's only getting X amount of money. It doesn't matter. Whilst fucking Joel Glazer's sitting there, just yeah, thank you very much. Um, and like I, I can see wage caps coming into it. Um, we like we sit there and joke about, um, and I mean you get people like it's generally older people, and they say, "Oh, why don't they cap the wages?" So this is why <laughs> this is why the wages aren't capped in the Premier League because it would just invite these um, these people over that 
have no interest in um, sporting prowess. It is all about how much money can they get in their bank account. Um, but it, I mean, I really, I, I mean, there's reports that have come through since we started recording that um, Chelsea are going to be pulling out. City um, have said that they don't don't wish to be part of the European Super League anymore. And I think this is positive, but I, they are not the ones that need the money. That's not official though, right? The City one. Um, City, it's being reported by Sky Sports now as as we speak. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think, for them it doesn't matter. Abramovich has fucking half the oil in the world. Sheikh Mansour has half the oil. Like these people, they fucking bathe in money like they don't give a flying fuck about money and for them the money that's being offered to them is a drop in the ocean um compared to like they'd rather not have the hassle of it all and be playing in the premier league and be playing in the champions league and there you go. Like, Sheikh Mansour has been promising Man City fans the Champions League. He fucking pull him out of it before they've even won even the start. fucking thing. Yeah. Like, they're on the verge of... Like, they've got their best chance they've had in years to win the thing. They could be they could be kicked out before the semi-finals start. That's what I found funny, is they could be kicked out of the, from the semi-finals. <laughs> um, they, yeah, they don't need it. But the problem is the three Italian clubs, the two Spanish clubs, they need the Premier League clubs there um, because they don't have, like Serie A doesn't have the following that it had 20 to 30 years ago when we all used to sit there and watch it on Channel 4 on a Sunday afternoon. Like You'd sit and watch uh, Football Italia, wouldn't you? Um, and like La Liga, we've seen that Real Madrid, Barcelona, they're in so much debt. Like Real Madrid is like a billion pounds of debt. Like how do you how do you possibly do that to yourself? Like, I know we we're in a pan like we've been in a pandemic and football clubs are suffering, but like do you, you do things differently to help yourself as a business um and like we've seen clubs all over this country struggling but they're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel they've managed to pull through through that like that solidarity like the premier league have given a lot of money um to the lower leagues to to help them through this crisis like the lower league clubs might argue that it's not enough but they've done they've um the Premier League did do Done what they can. Yeah. yeah. But whilst also trying to secure themselves. Um, but they're the ones in trouble. The, the clubs in Italy and Spain, United don't, don't, don't need it. Liverpool don't need it. Um, like as clubs, but the owners are just greedy and yeah, the lights of the Glazers, 
FSG, Joe Lewis and Daniel Levy and Stan Cronkier, they're leeches. Like they will leech those clubs to death um, if they had to. And like what Gary Neville said last night about the stadium, like Old Trafford. Now, when was it? Last year, uh, oh, year before last in December, me and my dad, now my dad's a Spurs fan, he's a member, and so I'll, I'll go to him with games. We went and watched Spurs on uh, this, on one week. Then the following week, we went uh, up to Old Trafford to watch um, United v Villa. And the difference, like, you don't realise it until you go, you're in one ground one minute and then you're in another ground the next minute. The difference in it, my dad said, like, and he, he, was a United fan, and when the Glazers took over, mate, just just to give you some breaking news, Edward Wood has resigned from Manchester United. Has he really? Yeah. Has he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on Twitter and type in Edward Wood. This could be absolutely incredible. Yeah, he has. And um, Samuel Lockhurst has uh, reported it as well, and you'll see he's a good source. Oh. What does that mean now? I don't know if you want to edit this out. <laughs> We're not editing it out. I think this is like the most real you ever what, what seen. What does that mean for, for United with Edward Wood being, having resigned? I think it's, was he is he a good figure within? Is he like highly regarded? Is he people hate him? What what kind of what when when I said that to you? What kind of reaction did that give? Was that a good reaction or a bad reaction? That it was a good reaction. Um, Edward Wood, as a businessman, has done he has done great things for the club now, like managing to keep all the sponsors on side and all of that but as a football man like having that guy in charge of the transfers we've made over the last few years um like look at some of the money we spent in the last few years on on the players that we spent it on and then to have nothing to show for it apart from a europa league and an FA Cup and a League Cup, um, and then other other things like Harry Maguire. Like we were saying, we wanted to pay sixty million. Leicester was saying they wanted to pay wanted us to pay seventy, and it just back and forth. And then we ended up paying Leicester what they wanted anyway. And the same thing happened with Sancho last summer. And it was all down to Ed Woodward just not being able to um, negotiate um, as a football man just didn't know and we've like we've seen over especially in the last like three or four years um, like during the Mourinho era fans weren't singing for Mourinho's head 
fans were singing, like praising Mourinho, trying to get behind him, get behind the team. They were singing for Ed Woodward's head and for the Glazers' head. Um, I think that that news is like the best news I've had this week. And it almost now feels like, like we said at the start of this pod, that well, this in story is just moved so celebration, I've sparked up a fag for you. So. <laughs> um, I mean, this story is just constantly moving and moving. It's been so quick. All, like, And I said before we started recording, I haven't been able to, I've had, I've been sitting and working and I've had Sky Sports News on all day for the last two well, days. Well, since we've recorded, Chelsea have backed out, Man City have backed out, and now Ed Woodward has resigned. Um, I think it'll be, I mean, Ed Woodward has resigned, but is that, uh, is that a signal that United are going to pull out of it? If United pull out of it, it's done. It's over. Yeah. Yeah, like they they have like people will argue with this, but United are the biggest commercial asset in world football. Like, I agree, they are the biggest club in the world. Um, like off the I pitch, prefer commercial asset. Commer- commercial asset. Um, like off the pitch, off the pitch, off the pitch at the moment. That like ten years ago, we were. The biggest club full stop <laughs> yeah um in the world now if if this is a sign that joel glaze is having second thoughts this could be huge for um this could be our gillet and hicks moment that liverpool had 14 15 years ago um because it could be that moment that, uh, like tomorrow morning, I wake up and Man United is for sale, and like, and someone will buy it. <laughs> someone will have the money, um, but <laughs> knowing my luck, it will be someone, someone else um, that doesn't deserve it. Um, but it's a positive move. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I can't believe it. And, I, and the fact that we've sat here and like, it's happened whilst we're recording this. Um, I, I had, I, I had to restrain myself from dancing around the room. Huh. That's, that's how I Do you feel think right other now. United fans will be as pleased as you? Or do you think you're the, one of the only, is it kind of, everyone is, has different views on it or? I think... I think the majority of United fans, like Woodward, yeah, he's done a good job as a businessman like with the sponsorship that we've got. He's kept that money coming in so we could afford these players to come in. Um, he's done that side good. But there are a lot of people out there that can do that job. Yeah. Um, there's lots of busy, like people that can no- get, negotiate business deals with potential sponsors especially when you're talking about man united like what do you have to negotiate <laughs> seriously like the sponsor's gonna want their name on the shirt um on the billboards around the ground there's, there's nothing to negotiate and the sponsor's gonna pay as much money as they can afford on that sponsorship 
Um, there's no negotiating it. But yeah, the football side, my God, I, I've and uh, we saw steps um, towards it like a month ago or six weeks ago when um, uh, Fletcher and Darren Fletcher was made the director of football and there was uh, the new guy brought in as the uh, in another role and there, there was these moves but that I mean now looking back at it that could have been to free up Woodward to take on this Super League project like in all honesty um, do you think who is it that um so who's behind the ESL who who's backing this who's giving the money JP Morgan so it's one of the biggest banks in the world okay do um, you think so and I'm playing ones. devil's advocate here really devil's advocate and it's a massive conspiracy conspiracy theory <clears throat> right listen to this do you think that they got them to sign this contract it's a supposed 25-year contract or whatever it is all these clubs they knew all along that they were potentially going to get this backlash and might be pulling out and it was never going to start but now they've got an opportunity to sue the clubs for pulling out and breaking their contract <laughs> as a money-making scheme it's a massive conspiracy theory but i'm just putting it out there could be um if they want to do that good luck to them is it and in terms of that's the reason why they got them to sign 25-year contracts or whatever contracts that they've got them to sign because they knew that this could potentially happen and with this potentially happening um they can at least make some money out of it possibly but that could be why fucking woodward's been sacked could be his fucking signature on the contract for united yeah um like he he could put his and by him being sacked the rest of united go well we didn't sign that yeah um i doubt that's the case i i think it is joel glazer's signature on that contract um but i don't know hopefully the developments in the last hour or so or 45 minutes or so that we've been recording that um like so much constantly um this this news is moving and maybe by a game week 32 it'll be a it'll just be a meme um and something to i think like people have compared it to when the premier league broke free um and the arguments um that happened around that time about our oh, sky killing football etc it's like well everyone bought into that but it's still competitive isn't it there's relegation there's promotion um like it's not it's not the fact that our uh, sheffield united finished bottom but next season they're okay they can <laughs> they can still play in the premier league it's not that mm -hmm. this is what 
the Super League would be. Like, fucking Arsenal could finish bottom every year and they'd still be sitting there because they were a founder club. And the Premier League was never that back in 1991 when it was formed. It was always just, yeah, it was a new, like a new branding for the top level of um, football in this country. Um, and yes, they they do have a lot of power, those 20 clubs at the top of which, yeah, this big six have, um, have pulled their weight a bit. Um, but I think in the next um, months, weeks, months, years, we're going to see, I think there'll be um, a lot of reform over how football clubs are run. Like, there's been a lot of talk uh, comparing um, how uh, things are done in Germany uh, with the 50 plus one scheme. So mm -hmm. no owner can own more than 50% of a club. It's 49, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And the, the people own 50 plus one percent. Um, so the, the fans and the communities of those clubs, they own the majority share in the club and they can decide on stuff like during uh, joining the European Super League. And this is why there aren't any German teams in the thing. You haven't got the best team in Europe in the Super yep. League. Um, the European champions turned it down because their owners, the fans, um, didn't want to be part of it. And, yeah, I think people said, oh, but we're past that, but how do we get rid of these owners? I think, I think the, the government and the league um, will do everything they can to get rid of um, these majority share uh, businessmen that own these clubs um, and do everything they can to give it back to the people that the game belongs to. You know, they like these businessmen. Yeah, they they turn up to games for their fucking free champagne and their um, prawns on toast and whatever. Um, and, but like the weather shit, they sit inside on their fucking leather couches and what still watch it on the TV. I've been in one of those director's boxes at Old Trafford. Fucking huge widescreen TV, nice leather sofa, bar at the back, buffet table, all of that. Um, and you can sit there and watch the game and not have to worry about your seat. And yeah, they're, they're not the ones that, in the pissing rain, sitting outside and cheering on their, their team still, are they? It doesn't belong to them. It belongs to the fans. You right? Yep. <laughs> I, I I thought we'll go on to what you want to say. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, I'll let you go on. Have you got anything else to say on it? No, I think we're going to see a lot more of this um, over the coming days. Um, what What is the main reason why you're against it? Because obviously you've said a lot of reasons that um kind of the history etc and and all of that but why are you against it 
why would you not be and this is not me saying it's the right i'm just playing devil's advocate and trying to get your your understanding um why don't you want man united being in the super league as opposed to so to both so the premier league um have apparently said that they're not going to be kicking anyone out of the premier league right hmm. um they're going to be staying in the premier league so let there's been different reports so some have said oh they can't be in both some have said that they can let's go on either so let's say they can be in the premier league and it's replacing the champions league right if that was the case why would you or would you not be happy on the basis that you're still in the premier league and there is this super league so Seventy years ago, um, Matt Busby fought really hard to be in the European Cup and um, to lead. And like this could be echoed by Spurs fans, like Man United and Spurs. They were they were trailblazers um, in European competition. They they uh, they were leading. Uh, like Spurs were the first to win. Didn't what cup did they win? Did they win like the Cup Winners' Cup, first English club club. Um, but yeah, the these clubs were trailblazers. And back in the fifties, um, despite what um, the the English FA wanted, um, Matt Busby led Man United into the European Cup. And said, "Look, don't worry. Like this back when it, like you were travelling to play in Madrid, like it took fucking, it took two days to get there and back. Um, and then they'd still fulfil their fixtures on a three o'clock on a Saturday. Like there was, they, they said, look, we're going to go and do this. We're going to fulfil our fixtures. And the FA went, right, well." If you can't fulfil your fixtures, we'll dock your points. Like, if you're not there, like, if you don't have a team at three o'clock on a Saturday, we'll dock your points. Matt Busby went, yeah, okay, we'll do do that. And then, in 1958, Munich happened. And that team that were trailblazing their way in the European Cup and probably would have won the European Cup that year. Um, was decimated and I think there's a duty with the history of that club um, of Man United and how they f fought back and then 10 years later won the, won the European Cup and the, the emotion of it all um, and of what Matt Busby did for the club um, and then to then 70 years later go, well, we've got our own trophy. We don't care about that one. That, that big trophy there, people literally died to earn to win it um, for Man United. And that is what infuses me so much um, about 
the whole situation. Um, and then the next part is is the the no competition of it. Like I, I was really lucky for I I started like seriously following them like um, around. 94, 95, not a great year to be a United fan. We got pipped in the league, lost the FA Cup final. Um, but I remember, like, you, and I didn't really have feelings about it back then. You were just like, oh, it's just a football game. I was like eight years old. It's just a football game. Then I was really lucky to experience over the next 15 years one of the most dominant teams in English football um, who were brilliant to watch at times, awful to watch at other times, um, like in that time between sort of around uh, 03, 04, um, we just became a bit boring. Um, and then in the last 10 years, um, we were, we, we haven't, the, the success hasn't been there. Now, for all those highs and successes that have been amazing, I would not swap anything in the world for the feelings you get from those lows as well. Because that's what makes the highs so good. Yeah. Because you, yeah, you can't... And this is where I... I think I like I feel for like my friends that are Liverpool fans, like a lot of them never seen Liverpool win the league in their lifetime, or not remember can't remember seeing them win it, the league in their lifetime. And last year they experienced that, and then especially in the last few years where they came so close and fell at last, and they've had that hurt. Four years ago, they they had their like one hand on the title, and then it it got snatched away away from them at the last minute. And then to have that jubilation of then going and winning the league um, last year, like you're you're not going to feel that. Um, like if they if they're, so, if these six clubs are still in the Premier League, like they could just have their own monopoly of the league because of the money that they're going to get from being in the super league we're not talking about like just for being in it every season they're going to get like one and a half times what you'd get for winning the champions league yeah it's crazy yeah that's ridiculous Um, like that's every season Uh, now this is i mean obviously um like we're saying this now and it even more breaking news the Juventus chairman has resigned um so it does look like it is just slowly falling apart it's um, not going to happen oh, it's not going to um but i think it's good for us to continue this conversation because one day it's going to happen again yeah um there'll be more clubs involved probably but it'll happen again um yeah, so the money involved um, would just mean the Premier League, like if these six clubs stayed there, there'd be a 
it'd just be a, a six horse race every year. You wouldn't have like well, Leicester winning the league was a miracle in the first place. It would be unthinkable. Like literally un but like you know like with Leicester, you now know it can happen. It could happen again one day. But if the club these clubs have that sort of money to spend every year, it'd be unthinkable for someone like Leicester, for someone like West Ham to be sitting so where more they breaking are news. More breaking news. Uh, so this is from Stan Collymore. I don't know what weight this holds or what club it is. He says, breaking, I've been told that one club owner may put their club up for sale within days. Such is a dismay within the club from top. Don't know what that means. I fucking hope it's the Glazers. <laughs> I truly, truly hope it's the Glazers. Um, it'd be unbelievable if it is. Um, but yes, so these teams that have this monopoly and you wouldn't have those highs. Well, you'd have the highs, but you wouldn't have those lows. There won't be those low moments or they there will be, but there'll be low moments of losing to another big six team. Like you wouldn't, in theory, it would be very hard for a team like Burnley, um, teams like Villa, Everton, um, West Ham to compete with these guys because they'll have all the best players in the world playing for them. Like, There's no doubt in my mind that players like Erling Haaland, Kylian Mbappe, Neymar, they're not going to say, oh, I, yeah, I'll play in the Champions League and play against the second string sides from Spain, Italy and, uh, and England. I want to play against the top sides. Mm -hmm. um, and with that, they're going to get, they'll be getting the high end of the wage cap as well. And these players, they ju they'll just, they'll all end up um, playing for these clubs and the monopoly of it all. And like, you look, you see it in um, Spain already. Like, the, in, in La Liga, those three clubs, Real, um, Barca and Atletico, they, they dominate that league. Like, and you've got like the likes of Valencia, Sevilla, Sociedad that are like borderline and stuff. And they, they'll just dominate, like, it won't be any change in the league. <laughs> um, they may as well just create a second trophy for the rest of the league. Uh, so, so now let's spin it on his head. What if all of the, um, so the Premier League, the La Liga, all of them say, right, if you're in this European Super League, you're not going to be able to be in our league. Then what happens? The Premier League wouldn't would wouldn't exist. I don't think. Well, it would exist, but not um, not in its current form because they're not going to be get Sky, BT. All of these are not going to be paying the same amount of money to these Premier League clubs to to um, televise their games. They're going to be saying, well, we're you know 
the the top six clubs their their fans make up the most of in the country in terms of in the Premier League, right? Um, and they pay Sky, BT, etc. to to watch their games every every year. And if you're a United fan or a Tottenham fan, and you're paying for Sky subscription because you want to watch Man United. And now Man United are not in the Premier League, therefore you don't want to watch Sky Sports anymore. You're going to cancel your subscription. So therefore, Sky aren't going to be, get, be getting as much money. So they're not going to be paying the Premiership as much money. And obviously the clubs are not going to be getting as much money. So it creates a big problem. Yeah, I, I'm not sure whether the Premier League would follow through with the threats. No, I don't. Because of the because of this reason, they know the impact. Yeah, um, I think they will. But there can be rules introduced that limit. Now we've we know for a fact now that, like um, with Brexit, uh, our government is able to create laws at will. Um, we've seen it in other instances um, over the last few weeks. Um, but in particular, what has been said today is about work permits. Now, if you look at Man City, um, Man United, Spurs, Chelsea, um, Arsenal, how many of their starting 11 or their best 11 are not homegrown players? Like maximum. A lot of them. Yeah, like there's probably a maximum of three. I think United probably have three, maybe four. Yeah. Um, Man City got what two, three. Stone, Sterling, Foden. Yeah. Chelsea, two, three, and imagine these. <laughs> them not being able to like or being limited like, they probably would still keep say right you can you can have three foreign players um for your squad but that's it now it's i wouldn't put it past the government doing that to try and create a security around it um to i mean it would be probably be great for for England with the top homegrown players all being able to play constantly um, but would we get the best coaches in the world wanting to come to the Premier League probably not would Guardiola want to come here and just coach a team of English players with with Kevin De Bruyne in the middle of them or probably not um, would Thomas Tuchel want to do that at Chelsea? Probably not. Um, so you, you won't get the best coaches, which then in turn, I think, then um, becomes worse for the game. So even that, the work permit thing, could be a very negative uh, thing to do. Um, then there's wage capping, but then again, the owners then start making more money out of it. There's all of these different things 
Um, and then the last thing I, I read was the possibility of a, a tax on it, which ends up so that these clubs get taxed more on these earnings because these earnings are from overseas and that money just gets redistributed to the football league anyway and back into the pyramid anyway um but i think either way yeah the premier league isn't the premier league without these clubs um, I'll, I'll give you my opinion on it so i think I would not be happy if uh, they stayed in the Premier League. So if they created this European Super League and they stayed in the Premier League, I would not be happy. And I think mainly, you know, and this is me talking as a West Ham fan, mainly because um, we would never be able to compete uh, as it is at the moment. It's very difficult and we're in a fortunate position that we're, you know, West Ham currently as we talk are fourth in the league, the league and currently in qualification for the Champions League. That's never going to happen if they're going to be getting million, you know, millions and millions uh, of pounds where they're able to buy the best players in the world, even more so than now, and we're not. So that that that's the first thing. I would then say, if they are not going to be, if they are going to be going in this European Super League, then they shouldn't be in the Premier League. It will therefore mean that it's not as attractive. The Premier League isn't as attractive and we're not going to be making as much money. That's fair enough. But we would have more of an opportunity to win the league. You know, West Ham would be one of the favourites with Leicester, with, I don't know, Everton. Um, and would it mean the same? Yeah, it would. Because if they want to fuck off and go to a different league, then that's up to them. We have to just deal with what we've got. It's still the Premier League, but it's going to have to be a completely reformatted, you know, change. I don't know what they would change. Um, it hasn't affected me as much as you. And I think the main reason for that is because you're a United fan, the, the thoughts and the prospect of now not being in a league that, an English league that you were essentially brought up in is a massive change. Hmm. Um, yes, we wouldn't be facing the likes of Spurs or Arsenal or United and all of these, but we're still in the league. So it wouldn't make as much of a difference to me as it would to you. I wouldn't be having to travel to, um, you know, Spain every week to watch my club or, or wherever Italy that, and all these places. That would be, that's, that's the thing. In 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 the Super League, that would probably be considered a home fixture. Only travelling yeah. to Spain because well, this been, is another this is another part of it, right? Is talk that of them they all want to do it all in America or something? Yeah, there's been talk of them touring the globe. Like we've seen how um, the Asian market goes crazy for Premier League football. Yeah. They couldn't end up like going over there and playing half their games a season. So right. that that's something as a as a season ticket holder that would affect me a lot um, to be able to kind of cope with. Um, our, our reserves overall, would end up playing more at Old Trafford than the first team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overall, I I obviously am in not in favour of it. 
I think there's there's nothing more than greed out of out of this. Um, and I'm I'm not in favour of the Super League, but that's that's mainly from a point of view of I like the competitive nature of the league that we're in, and um, my club will suffer because we won't be getting as much money. Therefore, I won't be seeing as good as the players. You know, whilst we don't get the best amazing players in the world, if these rich clubs know, you've got... are now able to turn around and say to my best player, Declan Rice, right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna pay West Ham, we'll pay you two hundred million, and Rice, we're gonna pay you five hundred grand a week. What's he gonna say? He can't say no. West Ham can't say no. And they're gonna be able to do that. They're gonna be able to spot the best players in these clubs and oh, yeah. go. We'll give you 10 times the amount that you're getting. Every other club in the country will become their own personal academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they'll they'll be scouting all the games. They'll pick up every single player. They'll sign everyone they can. And they'll just loan them back for to get some experience. They'll loan them to, back to whoever to get some experience. Then the good ones, oh yeah, you're coming with us now. That's all it'll be. Yeah. Like, and people will go, oh, no, it won't be like that. I wouldn't put it past some of these clubs of no, like, I agree. what they'd do. Like, they'd completely monopolise it. Um, because to compete in this league and take home that huge paycheck at the end, um, yeah, they, they'll want as many of the best players as possible and they'll want them before anyone else can get them so like a they'll they'll be able to spend all of this money and b yeah they'll like we see we see it already but on a smaller scale like clubs that they spot these um spot these players and they'll loan them um abroad and like a lot of them yeah end up staying at the club they're at um and very few actually make it um into the premier league but you'll see it on such a huge scale um because the clubs will be able to afford to have fucking hundreds of players on their on their wage bills um to be able to like do it um yeah i've I mean, it. Thankfully, it does look like. I mean, uh, it like it's being nipped in the bud, and that um, it's producing huge change. Like, if if this is true that um, a Premier League club is going to be put up for sale, like it's there's it's one of two clubs, and it's those big two it's either Liverpool or United and I think it'll be United because there's there's been rumours that the Glazers have been looking away anyway and there was rumours last year in the summer of um, an offer from a uh, it's one of the Arab Arab nations um, and you could you can almost definitely see that happening if not United then it's going to be Liverpool um, because the owners of those two clubs will go 
oh well we'll find something else to make money in then and like one of them they both own two huge brands in american football um like one one of them's the world champion like i mean yeah the glazers own my american football team as well and yeah they're the world champions um but yeah nobody wants like this european super league and then the winners of it to be claiming they're the european champions whilst the uh European have they holders. said who the other five places go to? I believe it will be on league. It would be on right. league merit. But then these other five places. So if, say, in the league as it stands now, these other five places would be, who would they be? Villa, um, Leicester, West Ham. What they would go in. So it's going to be from the Everton. UK. Oh no, I think, oh no, would, would they be champions of Avalon? But any, so these clubs, but then they've earned the right to be in the Champions League. Yeah. And they'll be get given that choice as well. It's either Champions League or Super League. Which do you want to play yeah. in? I guess they haven't confirmed yet, right? With those five clubs. No, I, 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 I'd imagine from. it would be an extra team from Italy, an extra team from Spain, a couple of extra teams from um england and then one other team from somewhere random which they probably in before would have hoped it would have been germany or france but both of their yeah. fas have come out and opposed it uh, i mean psg i'm shocked <laughs> out of yeah. all, all through this that was probably the most shocking thing is that psg um did not have their hands in this basket um which they don't I, need the they, money they don't need the money but i think it, it should be applauded um at the end of the day um like we've we've spoken about bayern and dortmund but yeah psg could have easily bought into this idea as well but they they haven't um but yeah fingers crossed um the the worst two days of my following man united as like as a football fan i like i i can't remember feeling this the way that i have in the last two days ever over football <laughs> um just that the anger and that betrayal and it's like it felt like like the worst breakup ever <laughs> mm. um and yeah, I just hopefully seeing the, the back of Ed Woodward and with the reports that are constantly coming through from elsewhere that yeah, this is going to be put under the table for a while. And I mean, whilst that, if it gets put, I don't think it's going to happen, mate. I've oh, said no. that from the beginning. As soon as announced, as, I mean, as soon as it was first announced, it was like. I was like, it's not going to happen. This is this is them trying to use it as a bargaining chip. I mean, 15, 20 years ago, the idea was muted, wasn't it? There was there was talk of this Super League, um, where you have all of the biggest clubs in Europe all playing in a league with each other. Um, not the Champions League, it would be a proper league. And there was talk of this. And um, it kind of got put to bed 
very quickly. And then you had um, the Atlantic League um, with Rangers and Celtic. They want, they wanted to create something that they could be part of. And that got put to bed. And I think unless there's reform on how English clubs are run, it will happen again in another 10, 15, 20 years. Um, owners will go come greedy again and they'll go, how can we get a bigger slice of the pie? And it, I, I, you know it's going to happen. And I think if there's some reform in this country where um, parts of the club are given back to the fans um, and the fans get their say, because in this situation, they didn't have a single chance to get their say um, until after it was announced. Um, then, yeah, then we can start looking at positive steps into the future. Um, so to get the game that like, every, we all love, um, to improve it, to create um, more money at grassroots levels and um, to build um, the game up again. Um, because this disappointment, it would have lost so much trust in a lot of people. Um, like people that aren't fans of clubs necessarily and more neutrals, but enjoy the game of football and um, will watch it if it's on the TV and stuff like that. These pe the people like that are the ones that turn around and go, they're constantly saying, Oh, but the money and all of this. The last 48 hours, 72 hours, has just backed up everything they've ever said. And it's negative about the game. We need to start helping people forget the negatives and start remembering the positives that football's brought, especially over the last 12 months, um, with how it's helped people um, and helped communities um, throughout this global crisis we've been in. Indeed. Well, mate, I, th I think you've done a good job there. <laughs> most of that. I think you're more passionate about it. So I think, you know, I think it's only right that you do most of the talking. Right? Um, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to add? No. <laughs> Fingers no. crossed. This is the last time we ever need to speak about um, the European Super League on a podcast. I expect we'll probably end up touching on it. Um, hopefully just recapping um, how it all ended um, on the live stream on Thursday night when we lock in. Um, but yeah, it looks like there's a lot of positive moves being made as we speak and as we record. So fingers crossed. Well, Thursday, we are going to be live streaming, as, as I said, at half around half ten. Um, and we'll be discussing mainly FPL stuff, maybe a little bit about European Super League, depending on how the news goes. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Um, all your feedback is really important to us. You can find us on a number of uh, podcasts, including uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts and on Twitter, FPL underscore happy hour and our YouTube channel is FPL happy hour. Please like, subscribe and share and all your retweets are appreciated. We will chat to you on Thursday. Have a good couple of days. Cheers, guys. Good night.